Hello and welcome to Get Flushed, the sanitation podcast. My name's Pete. I've heard from two listeners in different parts of the world this week. PJ at Ecolu in Dubai in the United Arab Emirates and Stephen at Space Mobiles in Wales over in the UK. It was really great to hear from both of them and especially rewarding because they said really positive things about the show. It sounds like both of those companies are doing really well and I'd love to arrange a recording session with you both at some point in the future. Way back in the pilot episode, I said that the portable sanitation market could be divided into five key segments, residential construction, civil projects, agriculture, events and public health. Well, today I'm going to simplify that even more by saying that there are essentially only two types of customers – those who hire toilets on an ongoing, continuous basis and need a regular service, perhaps weekly, and those who hire toilets for occasional short-term use, and they might only need one or two services over a very short period of time. So far in the series, we've really concentrated on those ongoing customers, usually in residential building or construction, and after all, that's the bread and butter for many portable restroom operators. But this week, I'm going to set the scene for a deeper exploration of the challenges that come from providing and servicing portable toilets to the events industry. And that industry revolves around, well, events. And by that, I mean special occasions that happen at a fixed point in time for a fixed duration. And that can last from anything from a couple of hours to a whole day, a weekend, a week or maybe even longer. The separate distinction is they're not part of our normal ongoing routine. I'm sure you're all familiar with exactly what I mean. School fates, a wedding, a trade show, a race meet, a concert or a music festival. The list is endless. But the one thing they have in common is people. People are attracted to events. And events are a good source of business for restroom operators because where you get people, you need to provide sanitation facilities. If the event is at a purpose-built facility like a stadium where there are lots of pre-built toilets, you may not need many or any portable toilets. But where the event takes place in a temporary venue, maybe a paddock or a field, then temporary sanitation facilities are the only viable option. September is usually the start of the event season here in New Zealand. We move to daylight saving on the 27th of September and our clocks will go forward to give us an extra hour of daylight in the evening until we turn them back again next April. But with Covid, this year is going to be very different. The majority of large-scale public events were cancelled when we went into lockdown back in March and ongoing restrictions mean that at the moment we're confined to gatherings of less than 100 people. Lots of events have been cancelled. But usually we have a full season of trade and agriculture shows, summer weddings, fates, fairs, festivals, Christmas celebrations, sports tournaments, running races, triathlons and bike races and all other manner of events and they would be well underway by now. Of course not every restroom operator works in the event market. Andy at ABC who we heard from really early on in the season only provides toilets to residential construction. Other companies do nothing except events and others yet manage to juggle the two. After all, a hire is a hire. Over the next few weeks, we'll look at how restroom providers manage the logistics of moving, installing, servicing and removing large numbers of toilets for events against a fixed timescale. We'll look at some of the equipment that they commonly use. Standard portable toilets, flushing toilets, deluxe cabins, purpose-built trailers, VIP units and, of course, the Sanitrack system. 
But today, I want to start by thinking about how a typical restroom operator manages to balance their regular weekly clients with special events. Can it be done without disrupting your weekly schedule or compromising the levels of service you've worked so hard to give your usual long-standing customers? Small-scale local events where you deliver the toilet on a Friday, set it up, leave the site and then go back to collect it on Monday are simple enough to manage. And Ryan at Acadian Sanitation is making good money doing exactly that. He's had a great run on college graduations and recently provided the toilets for a gig by the local Lafayette legends, the Basin Street Band. At Ryan's level, the extra revenue from small-scale events supplements the money he's earning from weekly hires. He can make the drop-off and the pick-up without disrupting his weekly routine. And because he's only supplying a few toilets to relatively small events, he's still got lots of stock available for when he gets a new order from a regular weekly client. Where Ryan can't compete is when the event needs a lot of toilets, say 30, 40 or even more. He just doesn't have the capacity or the stock. He's a really small business, one truck, 50 toilets and just one operator, although he does have some occasional help. It's unlikely that he'll be able to advance into larger scale events at this point in time. But supplying those smaller events means that he's learning important lessons. He's building up a base of knowledge and experience that will see him right when he decides to expand. And when he's ready, I'm sure he'll invest. But if he gets greedy now and overcommits to supplying an event that's too big for him, he really could shoot himself in the foot. If he lets his customer down and damages their event, he'll damage his own reputation too. Is there actually any difference between an event toilet and a construction toilet? I have to say, I've seen the same toilets used on both types of job. I know of one company that even removed toilets from construction sites on Thursday and Friday, used them for events on Saturday and Sunday, and took them back to the construction site on Monday and Tuesday. I'm not making that up. For me, it's absolute lunacy. You create a heap of extra work, you risk ruining your relationship with your weekly customers, and well, it just shows that you're out of your depth. Okay, it might be worth doing if the money's really good, but would it be worth it if you lost all of your weekly customers in the process? Bigger companies often hold a fleet of toilets in reserve, and that gives them the ability to deploy toilets to large events without disrupting regular customers. Having a reserve fleet is also a tremendous asset in times of natural disaster or civil emergency. Here in New Zealand, the National Civil Defence Emergency Management Plan gives authorities the power to requisition portable toilets in times of need. And we definitely saw that happen during the Christchurch earthquakes in 2010 and 2011. The downside is that if you're holding a large fleet of toilets in reserve in your yard, they're not earning money. And with the impact of COVID, it's going to be really hard to offset that cost. But in an ideal world, the revenue gained from event hires would outweigh the cost of relatively low utilisation, the time that those assets are in actual use. And with good metrics, it's certainly possible to collect and measure that data. Anecdotes aside, a toilet is a toilet, and there's actually nothing to stop you using the same model for all your needs. 
Customers don't always notice or appreciate the difference. But in my mind, an event toilet should be a bit nicer than those you'd put out on construction sites. Remember, these are special one-off events. You want people to remember the function or the band, not the terrible experience they had using a below-par toilet. I'd also add that offering a higher-spec toilet is a really good way of increasing the value of your sale. If you're using plastic toilets, you might offer a flushing model, fit lights inside the cabin, maybe provide a hand basin with soap and hand cream instead of sanitizer. You might offer a larger cabin like a Polyjohn fleet, which has more room for the guest. Ryan bought a couple of pink coloured toilets, so he could offer something a little bit different if required. If it's a high-end event like a wedding or a corporate party, you absolutely want to offer the very best. Some companies specialise in providing only VIP units. They choose their customers as much as the customer chooses them. And the price for that will reflect the quality of the unit, the level of service, and perhaps they'll supply an attendant or a valet to keep the units clean and well stocked. Over the next few weeks, we'll talk to providers and suppliers who do specialise in events, and we'll look at the different types of toilet or unit they use, and we'll talk about what appeals to customers. We'll also hear from event managers about what they expect and what makes them choose one provider or one particular type of toilet over another. If the focus of your business is Monday to Friday routine hires, expanding into event work is going to challenge your capacity. Unless they have access to endless funds, most businesses have a limited number of toilets and a limited number of trucks. If those assets are fully deployed on your 9-to-5s, taking on extra work is going to cause disruption or displacement. And regardless of how much money you have, you can't create more time. Sure, you can pay staff to work overtime, but here in New Zealand, staff on a commercial driving licence are not allowed to work more than 70 hours a week before they have to have a 24-hour break. And besides, there's no guarantee that any staff want to spend their summer weekends sucking toilets. In episode 16, we heard how the team at Prestige Lose manage their events by working overtime and employing additional temporary staff. The problem with temps is that they may or may not be willing or know how to set up and clean toilets, they may not have their dangerous goods endorsement or commercial vehicle licence, and they probably won't be vaccinated against tetanus and hepatitis. There's also a lot of technique involved in loading and unloading toilets. If you get it wrong, you'll damage the unit and hurt yourself or someone else. Sure, that technique can be learnt with proper training and supervision, but by the time they're up to speed, the event season's finished and their contract ends, so you have to start all over again next year. Don't get me wrong, I've worked with some really capable temps, but unless you have them for an extended period of time, their usefulness at events can be limited. When it comes to pricing events, as an operator, I'd start by working out exactly how much it's going to cost me to deliver, service and remove the toilets for an event. And there's a lot to consider here. What exactly is required? How many truck and trailer movements? How many staff hours? How much waste will need to be dumped? How much is it going to cost in consumables? That's toilet paper, soap or sanitizer, blues and anything else you might use. Now, I used to use urinal blocks and smelly discs at events but they usually ended up in the toilet tank, so I wouldn't bother anymore. And of course, you need to factor in everything from the delivery to the collection and cleaning the toilets ready for their next hire. Unless you know exactly how much the event is going to cost you, you can't even begin to work out how much to charge. And the price you get paid for an event will depend a lot on the motives and priorities of the event organiser. 
Not-for-profit groups putting on fundraisers will often ask for toilets free of charge. Local councils typically run a competitive tender, where the lowest price will often be a major consideration in the successful bid. Commercial event planners should have a budget for sanitation, and it's usually based on a percentage of gross revenue or as a notional figure of cost per head for sanitation. Are they likely to tell you what that budget is? Probably not, because the more they spend on sanitation, the less profit they'll make at the end of the event. One of the things I've experienced is larger hire companies offering toilets at massively reduced prices in an attempt to gather the hire of additional services and plant. Things like marquees, staging, fencing, light towers or generators. And while using sanitation as a loss leader might seem to give you a competitive advantage, I'll challenge that as a naive and poorly designed strategy. And that's because one or two larger players using toilets as a loss leader can create a false expectation among event organisers that sanitation comes cheap, if not free. Sanitation is one of the most important aspects of an event. Giving it away for free undermines the industry. At a music festival, people will complain about dirty toilets, especially if they have to queue for them, and they'll complain if the bar runs out of beer. They won't notice the beer tent, and they won't give two hoots about the white picket fence around the VIP lawn. Now I would wager that every portable restroom operator receives regular requests to provide toilets free of charge. Those requests could come from friends, from school groups, from church groups, youth groups, sports teams, wherever. And while it's absolutely okay to support fundraisers, portable toilets have real costs. In my experience, when you say yes, those requests become regular annual occurrences. If you're happy with that, fine. But if the organisers expect that you'll do it for free every year, you are spending money. And at the very least, you'll suffer an opportunity cost because you can't generate revenue from a toilet that's deployed for free elsewhere. In today's world, an unhappy rant on social media seems to be the default option for anyone with a perceived grievance, so it can be difficult to say no without causing offence. One option would be to offer a discount on the hire, or charge a fixed amount for the transport and servicing. Or perhaps you could say, due to other demands, you just don't have any toilets to spare. But if you use that excuse, make sure that nobody passing by can see a fleet of toilets stacked in your yard. Despite the fact that I've shared some reservations and concerns, working events is a lot of fun and can be really rewarding. As we heard in episode 16, Anthony and Stefan at Prestige Loose got a huge buzz when they finished moving over 500 toilets to and from a major event. Showing your clients that your team absolutely nailed the planning and logistics, provided a first-class sanitation experience and kept smiles on their faces will give a tremendous boost to your business and its credibility. We'll get deeper into the world of event sanitation as we move towards the end of this series. Once again, I'd ask you to tell all your families, friends, work colleagues and everybody else about the show and encourage them to listen in. And please visit our Patreon page, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash get flushed, where for a small monthly donation, you can get early access to every episode and unlock bonus features not available elsewhere. Once again, I've been Pete and you've been listening to Get Flushed, 